Hughes on a hat trick. And he's got it. Merv Hughes a hat trick. What a performance. It looked absolutely plumb. Hughes is struck. What a moment for him. It is a very warm welcome to the Cricket Library Weekly. My name is Matt Ellis and joining me as always, Robbie McKinlay. A very flat Matt Ellis. Good day, Matty. And- Listeners and format, let's we might as well put it out there. We are both still just a little bit flat. Our our beloved Thunder Nation have gone. They yeah. got knocked out and um look, we we actually had to delay this a couple of days. We we're in such a state, weren't we? Yeah, it it's it's tough. But the good thing is I I really uh only care about Sheffield Shield. WNCL and Marsh <laughs> Cup. They're they're my three yeah. favourite domestic formats and WBBL. There, so if I had to have my top four, that'd be there. So, a <laughs> little bit disappointed, obviously. Yeah, extremely disappointed, gutted, um, all of those things. But some good news today, Robbie. Big Merv. What do you got for me? Big Merv oh. in the Hall of Fame. We'll be talking about Big Merv later on the show. Got a nice little grab of uh, Chris Hartley, who joined us on the Cricket Library podcast yep. uh, last year. And, of course, he was captain of the Brisbane Heat when they won BBL 02 yeah. and was with the Thunder in BBL 05. So I've, I've got a little snippet from my chat with him from last year talking about that. And our Abode Hotels ACT Meteors, can we call? Can we claim them as ours? Absolutely. We've... I think we well we had Ange Reeks on last week's episode. Yeah, Katie Mack, good. Uh, yeah. Erica Kershaw, all members of the Cricket yep. Library family. Uh, Gabby yep. Sutcliffe, I think, in that squad as well. Correct, correct. So, so yeah, they're pretty much the Cricket Library um, ACT medias, but we haven't really coughed up any cash to be able to say that. So uh, we'll just leave them as the abode hotels medias. We'll talk about them uh, and WNCL in general uh, coming up. Yeah. And uh, some late breaking mail for the mailbag. And it's, it's a beauty. We've had some, we've had some good questions in Matt's mailbag over the 18 episodes and we've still got a whole lot that we're, we're sorting through, but, but one came in today from Paul in Dapto, and I reckon it may be the best question we've ever received on the program. All all respect given to previous uh, contributors yeah, to yeah. the segment, but we'll get to that a bit later. But um, now that I'm a little bit more upbeat, I feel like that's better. That's better. I feel yep. like Come I on, can mate. I can talk about the big bash uh, and the start. To the finals. Let's start with uh, the Sixers up against the Scorchers because I'm a little bit more comfortable talking about that game. The Scorchers six for one six seven. Robbie, mm. I I really felt they were a, a fair way short there with that total. Didn't quite uh, didn't quite get into the rhythm of their innings, did they? Great stuff from Josh Inglis. He's had a wonderful tournament. Sixty nine not out from forty one. 
But then it was just really hard for them to get that momentum that they needed. A couple of wickets to Benny Dwarshus and then wickets shared equally among Bird, Abbott, O'Keefe and Brathwaite. And interestingly, Dan Christian only bowling uh, one over mm. there. Uh, I, th- I thought that was a bit of a surprise. And then Philippi, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Apologies to all our French listeners. But Philippi, uh, 45 from 28. And the the story of the night, wasn't it? James oh. Bitts trapped on oh. 98, not out of 53 deliveries. The Sixers still have no one raise the bat for 100. Yeah. But the good news is they've still got one more game. Well, it was quite remarkable, Matt. The, um, in the power surge, and Daniel Hughes has blocked, I think, three balls in a row. <laughs> so, so, so he couldn't score. He didn't want to score because James Vince needed to hit the next ball for the first over to, for a boundary. And of course, we know what happened there, don't we? Um, mm. OJ Ty bowled a wide. Vincey was stranded on 98, not out. Yeah, well, it's just one of those things. I don't think... I don't think you can really blame Andrew Ty. A, I don't think he did it deliberately. And B, uh, you need to earn 100. And uh, unfortunately, they ran out of runs to chase for for James Vince to be able to do that. So it, I think it was Bradley Hogg on Twitter who was kind of saying, well, if a bowler's on forfa, um, yep. the batter's not going to walk on their stumps to give them a hat-trick. They're going to try and... Oh, uh, not a hat-trick, yeah. a, a five for you. You're going to try and make them earn it. But James Vince, take take my hat off to him. What a, what a magnificent performance. And and the Sixers really are cooking with gas, aren't they, as we get to the business end of the tournament. They they are the consummate professionals and, and rightly sitting in the box seat for the Big Bash final, which they will now host at the SCG, their first time that they will play at that venue this season. So... Well done to the Sixers. And I'm on the mat. I've jumped on. Yeah, um, jumped on a- the Sixers. Any New South Wales side will sue me. I'll, um, I'm on board there. and Yeah, go the magenta. Yeah, well, they're going to have to face either the Scorchers or the Heat. Now, the Heat, they, they look pretty flat in their victory over the Strikers in the Friday night game. The Strikers limped their way to seven for 130 <laughs> and... The Brisbane yeah. Heat did it fairly easily in the end. I know it n- nearly got to the final over, but four wickets down for 131. Uh, pretty pretty easy, as you like. Jimmy Pearson, again, 47 not out from 44. Oh. Aren't we going to talk him up? He has Matt. been absolutely outstanding for the Brisbane is... Heat. So, Matt, I'm going to take you to another sport that involves Queensland, State of Origin Rugby League. Can you just, as a New South Welshman, no, just throw a few names at me that have been a thorn in the side of New South Wales who played rugby league. Oh, just chuck a few at me. Wally Go Lewis, on. Alan Langer, yep. Trevor yep. Gilmeister. The Axe. The Axe, yep. Trevor Gilmeister. Yep. Uh, Steve Renoff. Well, I think New South Wales and other states have found another origin test in mm. having to play cricket. Yeah. And this is Jimmy Pearson. He is, he is your quintessential Queenslander. He is unassuming, he's tough, he's up for the contest, he's reliable, and he gets the job done when it counts. I think it's time Jimmy Pearson was started being thrown around as a potential um, next in line for Tim Payne because he's got all all his credentials he's got are just a tick in every box at the moment. I'm a massive fan of Jimmy Pearson, and it it hurt as I was watching him 
Rabble Thunder the other night. But goodness me, what a BBL he's had. He, he I think, single-handedly has got Brisbane Heat into the finals, Matt. And he's just doing a, continues to do a great job. So is he a name we can expect to see in the running for the Cricket Library Weekly Medal, the inaugural oh, oh, Cricket Library Weekly Medal? Oh, I haven't had a look at the votes since probably halfway through the um, the season. Well, they've been embargoed, Robbie. No one, no that, one has seen were. them. Yeah, yeah, and even Matt Hickson has had some issues with it. But <laughs> I, I would think he would have to. But you know what? This is typical Jimmy Pearson. He's that sort of guy. It's like a lot of these footballers. He's your fifth best player, but he's your fifth best player for twenty games of the year, Matt. He just doesn't yeah. come and go. He, you know. He's the sort of player that I reckon the Melbourne Stars need, that type of thing, you know? Yeah. Because he's reliable. You know, he's like if I grew up on the farm, Matt, he's like the old Honda 90 motorbike we had <laughs> on the farm. Yeah. He could just kick it into gear, except for the time that mum, God love her, um, put raspberry cordial in the fuel tank instead of petrol <laughs> because it was in a container, but that, <laughs> and it didn't go. <laughs> but that's another story. But um, that I know I've. I've Look, people from my thing, I'm going over the top here with Jimmy Pearson. But do you get do you get the vibe that I'm a bit of a fan, Matt? Yeah, I get the vibe you're a fan, and I tell you, uh, one of our loyal listeners in the Central West, Matthew Tabernar, is a massive Marnus Labashane fan, and I've got a feeling he's egging Marnus on for that Cricket Library medal. Three for thirteen <laughs> with the ball against the Strikers, and then. Doing doing a good job again in the game yep. against the Thunder. So you'd have to think, without knowing the actual votes, Marnus would be pretty close to polling votes in mm, every really? every game that he's played since coming back. Okay. Well, all right, well, I think it's time now that the next game that you need to address, and this is probably going to be good for you. Um, I'll take you away to it. I'll just introduce it. But uh, Brisbane Heat, they... Um, they were back at the Monica Oval again on Sunday evening, and tell us how it unfolded. Did the power? Is this the game where the power went out and it was a no result? <laughs> no, this one. Fortunately, oh. this is very, uh, pardon the pun, but uh, very current. Oh. <laughs> it, yeah. Well, it was. It, mate, give us your thoughts because look. Um, well, it was a great game of cricket. It was a very was... entertaining game of cricket. It yeah, ebbed yep. and flowed. Now, uh, one of my favourite—oh, it's not really favourite—but one of the interesting uh, takeaways from this game was one of our men, XC Bartlett. He's one of our uh, one, one of one of yes. the players we've been talking up in throughout the Sheffield mm-hmm. Shield season here on the Cricket Library Weekly. XC Bartlett, one over, six dot balls. None for none. X factored out of the game. I know. X factored out of the game. For Mornay Morkel. Mornay Morkel, four overs, one for 37. Um, obviously, a strategy there. Bartlett hoops them around, doesn't he, with the new pill? And they'd obviously yeah. decided, well, swing's really only around for a couple of overs. Give wow. XC Bartlett the new cherry. Uh, but, yeah, it did ebb and, th- ebb and flow. Big wicket of Alex Hales going fairly early on. And yep. there's, there's a bit of a rebuild from the Thunder. Some brilliant late hitting from uh, Ben Cutting, one of the best signings of the yep. Big Bash. Yep. 34 not out from 18. Sam Billings, 34 from 24. Cal Ferguson, 25 from 20. UT Kawaja, 28 from 30. Uh, in the total, uh, that was 
Probably 20 short, to be honest. Matty, I reckon one really interesting stat there. If you could, so I think with Kawaja and Hale, their opening partnership has probably been the best in the in the mm. competition, even though Osman's been a little bit off the pace at times. But if you have a look, and their scoring rates that they've been going at have been quite incredible in those partnerships. Yeah. If you have a look at the combined total, Kawaja and Hale between them made 36 runs or 39 mm. balls. That is how well Brisbane Heat bowled. And you mentioned your man, XC Bart- Bartlett. He set that up. He was outstanding. And Mornay Morkel, yes, he was a little bit expensive, but in his first over, he took the big wicket of Callum Ferguson caught yeah. on the boundary. So that I think just on that alone, that move paid off. So, yeah, some good strategy employed there by the Brisbane Heat hierarchy. Yeah, and then the run chase... I was up and about. I was still nervous. Was I was nervous the whole time. Denley went early. Uh, Lynn went not long after. After the commentators were questioning whether Doggett should be bowling, he uh, proceeded to dismiss Chris Lynn. Uh, I always find that amusing uh, when that sort of thing happens. But um, if there was a bash boost point in play, the Thunder would have had that wrapped up. Now, you I've, text me about that, Matt. Well, I, I've got an boost. I've got an interesting theory here. In the reg- right. if this was a regular season game, yep. Do you think the Thunder may have won because the Heat would have had a crack at that bash boost point and possibly just uh, capitulated? Very good point. Because I, I know where you're coming from here, Matty. Um, you're, what you're saying is there because what we did see after those early loss of two wickets. It was all about securing a bit of a partnership. Yeah. Because uh, Marnus and Sammy Hazlitt, they were scoring under a runner ball. Yeah. Under a runner ball. And, so, and and then it was only sort of after a bit of a pep talk from Darren Lehman <laughs> at the half-time break where he sort of suggests they get on with it. But I'm gonna, our Cadbury moment of the match, where I thought it changed quite remarkably, um, was when Marnus Rubbershane was run out by... A whisker, wasn't he? Can we say like controversial a, run out? Controversially yeah, run you out could. there. You could, you could. Um, as it turned out, I reckon Sydney Thunder fans, as excited as they were at the time, on reflection, might have been better if Marnus had been given the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and then that that, that, that means your man Jimmy Pearson doesn't come in and whack forty three from twenty four deliveries, and Sam Heslett just found another gear, seventy four well, from forty nine. Well, I think he hit something like 53 runs or 21 balls once um, Marnus left. Incredible. It was great batting. I think they put on 93 off the last seven overs, Matt. Um, it was outstanding. And look, we, yeah, we, were, we were just the, the Thunder, if they had their time again, would probably like to bowl better areas. But it was so good in the first 12 overs and it just um, it unraveled. But as we always say, Matt, I like to give credit to the victors in these situations yeah, because, hey, you've got to get the job done. And uh, my boy, JP, uh, he was right in the thick of it. They can be rocks or diamonds, the Brisbane Heat, but haven't they been diamonds recently? They're on a bit of a roll and they'll take on yep. the Perth Scorchers who are on a bit of a dip. They lost to the Ooh. Heat, the final regular season game of the season. Then they yep. were fairly convincingly beaten by the Sydney Sixers in their first, in the qualifier, now it's do or die. And they're playing at Manuka Oval because they can't get back Again. to their, their fortress over in Perth. So, 
a lot going against the Scorchers, yeah. and they will need to be at their best if they're to take down the Heat in what will be a remarkable finish to what has been a wonderful season of Big Bash cricket. Robbie, any predictions? You you sticking with the Sixers? Um, I, I, well, that was into the final. I think my first prediction: who plays in there? I think uh, Perth can bounce back. I really do. Okay. I think they, they'll learn a lot from that last game. And I reckon um, Heat, I think Thunder probably had one of their worst games for the year, to be honest. I think um, for mine, it'll be Scorchers will take on the Sydney Sixers, which will be a replay of a Monica final that we saw a few years ago. Yeah, that'll be an absolute cracker at the SCG. Looking Great to see cricket back. At the SCG too, Matt. Oh, the home of cricket. And the, the Plan B regional bash happening at the same venue oh. two days afterwards. The best regional T20 talent making their way to the SCG. So that's going to be exciting as well. Robbie, uh, let's let's have a listen now to C.D. Hartley talking about what it was like winning the Big Bash at firstly the Brisbane Heat and then the Sydney Thunder. And when we come back, we will be chatting about the great Swerven Mervyn Hughes. Yeah, I mean, BBL for me, it, you know, I'd, I'd be the first to say that, you know, T20 cricket wasn't necessarily my strongest format where I was able to, to contribute as much. But what I really enjoyed about the format was um, where, where I was able to bring my leadership and, and, and what you're seeing on the field and, and the tactics and strategy and being able to contribute that way. Obviously, um, you know, you're still contributing with... with um, you know, the bat and the gloves, but um, I really enjoyed, I guess, the, the, the requirement to, in some respects, you know, you've got so much less time to, to kind of work through a decision or work through a strategy, so it's, it's really quite snappy with your decision-making, and um, that's a really fun thing to do, and um, I, I suppose comparing the, the two sides that I played with in, in terms of winning the Big Bash, um our Brisbane Heat side, we, we certainly, you know, we, we had a very um, up-and-down campaign that, um, you know, we only just snuck into the finals. Um, yeah. Most of it was on the back of um, Luke Hommersbach, who was having a very good season for us and scoring a lot of runs. And it was very typical of, a, I guess, a Queensland-based or a Brisbane-based side is that sort of almost underdog thing back to the wall, wall and finding a way to win games and, and that sort of style, I guess, of play. Yeah. Um, and we, we managed to do that and um, you know even even right down to the final over in Perth you know WA is a very difficult place to go and play they've got a pretty hostile crowd and um, you know at the time they had a very good side as well and we were able to go over there and, and, and again you know managed to, to scrap our way um, to a win and, and I was lucky in that final um, unfortunately our, our skipper James Hopes had injured himself in the semi so I, I took over the captaincy in that semi-final and then in the final and, and um, really, as I said, really enjoyed the, um, you know, the, the challenge of um, being out there under under the pressure of, you know, obviously must-win games, but also, um, you know, the, the, the lack of the, the time that you've got to make decisions. You've got to be got to be really sharp and be really clear on what you're trying to do. So that was a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, con- contrasting that with the Sydney Thunder, by that stage, I... I sort of was wanting something just to sort of freshen up my cricket. And um, while I probably never imagined myself playing anywhere outside of the state of Queensland, <laughs> um, you know, that's one of the great things that T20 Cricket and Big Bash has done is players are able to, to move around a lot more and, um, you know, broaden their experience 
both playing-wise but also with the people that they're around. I know for me, what I really loved was going to, to a, another group that seemed so different from from where I was, but then you get in amongst it and you learn, oh, you know, this is the way they do things. Yep, we do that in Queensland, but hey, they do, do, do these things differently as well. So really learning about the um, similarities and the differences. But that particular campaign was really fun because the, the, the Sydney Thunder squad that we had for, for the couple of years I was there was was a really um, – it was put together very strategically by, by obviously – um, superstar Mike Hussey, but there's the general manager at the time, Nick Cummins as well. They were very and, and the coach Paddy Upton. Yeah. Very strategic about the players that they um, uh, that they I, I guess almost handpicked. Um, I know from from my from my particular um, personal spot, Mike had sort of said to me, "Look, we one of the things we want." He said, "I'm not worried. You're not. You're, we're not bringing you here to score any runs. We know you'll do the job behind the stumps, but we want someone who knows how to win games." Yeah. Um, who knows how to play in, in pressure situations and and win in situations where um, it seems like it's unwinnable and, and they sort of it was almost like each player or each position they sort of had a a bit of a criteria for what they wanted to bring to the, to the group and they sort of you know put put a group together and ultimately in that um, CBLO six we were able to um, you know go all the way and again had some very good standout individual performances. Um, you know, that was the season Trey Russ sort of made his name, I guess, yeah. in the in the big bash. And, and you, you know, when you've got guys like Mike Huskin, Jack Callis in the side, you, um, you know, there's plenty of talent there. But um, yeah, it was it was it was that was great fun too, as I said, particularly to to go and experience um, you know a different way of doing things. At that point in time in my career, it was a really enjoyable thing to, to freshen up the mind. And some wonderful insights there from C.D. Hartley. A couple of Big Bash titles to his name. And could it be the Brisbane Heat sneaking through and getting the job done this year? We'll have to wait and see. But what we don't have to wait any longer for, Robbie, is the celebrations around the induction of M.G. Hughes into the Cricket Hall of Fame. That was announced earlier today. And what a great addition to the Hall of Fame, Big Merv is. Oh, fantastic news, wasn't it? Uh, Of course, Merv, we all know about his playing career, which was 53 test matches, 212 wickets in that time. So four tests on about average. Um, Played 33 one day in the Nationals. But I reckon he's one of his most famous things that was that hat trick against the West Indies in oh, the 88 yeah. 89 series. And now, you, Matt, you love a stat, so I'm going to let you. This is very quirky how this, it just wasn't your conventional hat trick, was it? It certainly wasn't. And it's interesting. This, this test match is etched in my mind. I was in, I was in primary school at the time. I, I, I was about to start, uh, or I just finished year four, about to go into year five. And I actually remember watching Jeff Lawson get hit in the jaw and having yep. to retire hurt in this game. And I remember we were actually about to go to the Jeffrey Street Christmas party for all those listeners in Jeffrey Street. Um, oh. I, I just don't know why I actually remember that. This game really sticks in my mind. And another um, interesting part of this game was the the Graham Wood hundred. Graham Wood. Yes. Graham Wood scored a hundred, and then gave a gesture to the press box to remind them uh, that he meant business, you might say. He did, didn't he? <laughs> he yes. did. Uh, yes. 
But and I also remember Viv Richards bowling quite a lot of overs. In fact, I I have VHS footage of of uh, I loved Viv Richards at the time, and yeah, and I just had all of his overs recorded. And so oh, you did. I did, I did. <laughs> so so I'd, I'd record Viv's over, then I'd pause it, and then oh, you it, did. yeah, I did, I did. Well, amongst that magnificent quartet of fast bowlers. Uh, and your video in Viv Richards. <laughs> I am. Oh no. Yeah, no, I actually was. So just wow. just for those uh, that are interested, um, Viv Richards, fourteen overs, no maidens, none for forty three. But I had all of it on. I had all of it on VHS tape. I didn't get one of Kirtley's well, uh, five for seventy two. I'll 72. tell you why. I'll tell you why Viv bowled so many overs because the Aussie batsman would have been looking after him because. While Viv was bowling, it meant that you know there wasn't the likes of a Holding or or, or a or a, a you know Courtney Walsh or Courtney Ambrose or someone else. Oh dear. Well, anyway, there you go. But sorry, you were about to tell us about the hat trick. How, how did it oh, all happen? Yeah. Well, Matt, it happened over three different overs. So, um, Merv got a wicket with the last ball of one of his overs. Yeah. And then he cleaned up the tenth West Indian wicket with the first ball. Of his next over, so yeah. all over. Australia went back out and batted. Not very long in the second inning, I think it was. And well, West Indies come out to bat, and Merv's very first ball he bowled. He got an LBW decision. I think it might have been Desmond Haynes or Gordon Greenwich. It was Gordon Greenwich, and it was yep. absolutely plum. Plum. So that's how it happened, and this happened over two days. So. I hope you didn't have the VHS running and get that, Matt, because you would have you would have run out of tape. <laughs> even even using the long play feature, I would have struggled there to get oh. get all of that. But um, r- remarkable eight wickets in that innings, and yep. just leading the attack without fellow new ball bowler uh, Jeffrey Lawson, who retired hurt yep. in the first innings. He bowled he bowled thirty six overs in the first innings and thirty seven overs in the second oh. innings. Absolutely. Herculean. Yeah. Yeah. Heart, Big heart the size of Farlap. Um and just one of those contributors that just gave everything all the time and, and loved representing Australia and, and did so with distinction. And Matt, he was um Merv spent a lot of his early life uh, in Myrtleford where he actually played a bit of cricket and football. Myrtleford? Hang on. Um I was listening Correct. to the Glory Days podcast recently and mentioned Gary Ablett Senior playing some footy down at Myrtleford. Is that Yes. Now that yes, not in eighty three, he was there. So if you do your math, um there's a fair chance that Merv could have been playing a bit of junior, having been born in nineteen sixty one. Merv yeah. would have been twenty two. I reckon Merv was probably down at Footscray by then. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. So a lot of a lot of good sports people come out of um, Myrtleford. Like, well, well, we do digress, but Jack Crisp from Collingwood, the star halfback, and Matt Tabernar from um, Fremantle. Matt Tabernar, we had a we had a Matt's mailbag from Matt Tabernar in yeah. in <laughs> Central <laughs> West New South Wales. Is that the same can, person? Same name. Felt different and um, ah. of, of, of different athletic persuasion. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's, yeah. Spelt different, same sort of name. Um, no, nah, can't align that one up, unfortunately, to the Central West. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Big Merv, eh? Big Merv into the Hall of Fame. 
We Salute You, Merv, and so does Matt Fiction, who's written a nice little haiku oh. poem, which we're going to hear. Really? Yeah, he's he's been oh. working on it. So we'll, we'll... He hasn't. How did he know? How did he know he's going to be in the Hall of Fame? You know what? I re- off the press. No, I reckon I reckon Matt Fiction's written one. Um, oh, we'll have he's to. He's predicted it. Well, I don't oh. know if he's predicted it, but um, let's have a listen. Let's have a listen to the haiku, All and right. then we'll come back and look at the Women's National Cricket League here on the Cricket Library Weekly with Robbie McKinlay and Matt Ellis. Swerving, Mervin. Hughes, a heart as big as Farlap, now in Hall of Fame. <laughs> now in Hall of Fame? How did, how did he know? <laughs> Has he been... Unbelievable. <laughs> that is incredible. That is hot off the press. If that is I'm... not the most current haiku poem... Doing the rounds anywhere, I don't know what is. That is impressive stuff from our resident well cricket played. librarian. Well, no wonder, no wonder we had this mayhem in around the mailbag. <laughs> oh, isn't that another story? <laughs> That's another anyway. story. That'll be coming up soon, oh, Matt's mailbag. But, but uh, the Women's National Cricket League, Robbie, we've been yeah. building it up quite nicely. We've had uh, Rachel Priest uh, from Tasmania chatting with you yep. a couple of weeks ago. And then, of course, uh, Ange Reeks, the captain of the Abode Hotels ACT Meteors last week. And uh, to continue dropping names, Katie Mack and Erica Kershaw earlier in proceedings. Uh, what a start for the Meteors. Oh, this is just a fantastic win. But look, oh, oh, you'd call them the real underdogs, I think, of the competition. Yeah. Matt, they came up against the Queensland side with you know, Beth Mooney came out. Beth, well, first of all, the game was transferred from Chisholm Oval um, out to the um, to the Phillips Centre, which, yep. of course, is the EPC Solar Park at the headquarters of ACT Cricket. So, an appropriate place to have such a fantastic victory. Um, was shortened to twenty five overs. Queensland batted first, nine for one hundred and sixty three. Beth Mooney, fifty eight or fifty eight. Some of these names. Um, Jonathan, 38 off 29. George Bowl, 22. Um, but, you know, Carly Leeson took four for 33. Very underrated with those She's little medium pace dippers. Good cricketer, Matty. Um, Nicola Hancock and Amy Yates, two wickets each. So the target was set. And then ACT Meteors, they came out. Katie Mack got them way to a really good start with 54. Erin Osborne, who just, to me, would bat can bat anywhere in the top four. This is what I like about Erin Olsen in in fifty over cricket. She gets a chance to bat higher, build an innings. Very good player. We know that. She bowls lovely spin as well. Made forty. And Greek came out a captain's knock if you've ever seen it, Matt Ellis. Twenty three of twenty one balls, hit a six. That's to go with her four catches she took in the Queensland oh, innings. Yes. And then Tell you tell us what did Maddie Penner do when she came out? Bang bang, six four. Bang bang, all right. Ten, ten runs off two deliveries. They win with five balls to spare, and they go to the top of the table, Matt. Well, there hasn't been any other games played, but that is a fantastic win. And well done to uh, John O'Dean, the coach, and yeah. um, Andrew, the skipper. 
So that's just a great start. So they um, let's hope they can do it again. Just with those matches coming up there, Matt. Um, on so Friday we've got South Australia versus Tasmania, and then South Australia versus the Meteors on Sunday, and then we finally get down well, to. A do we have um, Wednesday a game as well, Robbie? I, I've got a feeling it's the Meteors up against the uh, Tasmanian Raw on Wednesday. You are right on the money. Because we, because I'm, I'm really looking Correct. forward to seeing a friend of the cricket library, Rachel Priest, in action. And I dare yep. say, um, one of our loyal listeners down in the Central West might be looking forward to that as well. So, um, plenty of great action coming up in the WNCL. Is it a little while before we get to see New South Wales in action there, Robbie? Yeah, you'll have to wait another eight days, Matt, but, and then you'll no. see them in action, and they'll do it almost back-to-back. So down, great to see cricket back at the Junction Oval. Yeah. And the home of Victorian cricket. And Victoria played New South Wales there on the 10th of February, which, of course, will be uh, on a Wednesday. And then on the Friday, they back up again. Same two teams, same venue. I tell you what, there should be a nice little crowd in down there at the Junction Oval, because that'll be a great contest. Oh, it certainly will be. Always good battles between New South Wales and Victoria. Two very strong sides in the competition. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's one win to each team in those games there. Uh, yes, I think that probably close that, that would almost um, both poles would just about take that, uh, Matty. I think you're right. Well, Robbie, it's time for us to have a quick break and then uh, we're going to have some Matt's mailbag. I'm looking forward to this one. Oh, this is a this is a crack of a question. Astute judges around the world are telling me that when it comes to cricket websites, the cricketlibrary.com is one of the most unique offerings on the internet. Join their growing community of followers on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to see what the fuss is about. We are back on the Cricket Library Weekly, and I feel like, you know, when a segment becomes a regular segment, it's got some sort of theme or entry kind of jingle. Maybe we need to work on that for Matt's Mailbag. But it is mm. it is time for Matt's Mailbag. If you've got any questions for us, it's 101R Bungalgumby Road in Burrabadeen, New South Wales 2830. And Robbie, what a frenzy we had earlier today oh. in the library. It's currently, <laughs> what's the time now? It's it's six minutes past nine uh, for those yeah. people listening live, which none of you are because this is a pre-record. But uh, it's it's getting up towards ten past nine at night, and this has sent the library into a spin when this landed well, landed on your desk. Well, I reported in at our ahead of our production. Um, sort of catch up, which we do um, via our team set up or, or email. And uh, Matt Hickson had reported in to me, no mailbag, nothing in the mailbag. Yep. So we, we were relaxed, then, we're putting our feet up. <laughs> just, just before that, next minute, Hickson lets us know that uh, Paul from Dapto, a mail has arrived in the mailbag. So, And it's not like any... it's just arrived either. I reckon Fiction's no. had it there and misplaced it and said, done the old uh, no mail. Meaning, yeah, uh, which is which is code for too busy working on haiku poem for Merv. Um, <laughs> no mailbag. 
but it was a very good high cube poem. It was a very good so, high cube poem, I agree. So, look, anyway, it's here, and it is a belter. So, Paul from Dapto. Hi, R.B. McKinley and MJ Ellis. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Um, love to hear your thoughts on a potential hybrid game between mm-hmm. the Australian men and Australian women's team. Now, it's got a few little dot points here. A balanced mixed teams T20 format, okay. i.e. six male, six female players in each team. What would your team look like if you were the selectors? So I have put you in the selectors seat. Oh, gee, you know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Getting me Why to make bold statements. Oh, gee. We'll, uh, can we'll I blame it on fiction. Can I firstly say a massive thanks to Paul from Dapto. This this is a very high level, well thought through query. Yep. And I'll do my best here to um to compose a couple of sides. And apologies to any players. I know there's lots of players who listen to this show. Apologies to any players that are left out here. It's not a personal thing. These these are just the names that I've come up with. And it doesn't mean uh, that we won't welcome you on as guests on the show if you haven't been named in a side here. Um, but let's start. Okay, so yep. sh- um, should I do this one team at a time? No, actually, well, if you've picked two teams, haven't you? I've got two teams no, here. Or no, should I do the openers that. for one team and then the openers for the other? Perfect. Okay. Away. Okay. So on the, we'll call one of the one of the teams the Matt Fiction Eleven, just for argument's sake, and the other one yep. the, the MJ Ellis Eleven. So in the Fiction Eleven, uh, opening the batting, we've got Aaron Finch and Beth Mooney, and in the opposing eleven, we've got AJ Healy and DA Warner. So I yep. reckon there you've yep. got uh, power, powerhouse right-handed strikers of the ball and two very capable left-handers. I, I think that's a perfect, perfect match there yep. Yep. in terms Beautiful. of matchups. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, then at number three, uh, I've got Stephen Smith on one side and, and Meg Lanning on the other. Two of the most yeah, pure, oh. just yeah. – I could watch Meg Lanning cover drive uh, ad nauseum. She is absolutely incredible. And uh, flicking behind square as well. Uh, just an absolute treat to watch and a, a great lead, great leader of the side. So I've, I've got Lanning in there. Now these two are coming in at number four. Number four. So this is T20 cricket, number four. Number four. Got? I've, I've gone with the off-spin bowling all-rounders. I've gone for AK Gardner and I've gone for yep. GJ Maxwell. I reckon the way Brilliant. AK Gardner Brilliant. hits the ball, excitement plus uh, – you never know what you're going to get, but you know you're going to be entertained. And mm. I, I think that's the perfect match up there. So uh, that that's at four. Number five, um, I've got, for Finch's team, I've got their wicketkeeper, Matthew Wade. You could argue yeah. he, he could be anywhere in sort of that top six, but I've got him at five there. And so he'll keep. He'll, he'll keep. He'll keep. Yep. And then I've got Darcy yep. Short as kind of a batting all-rounder. Again, he's, oh, hang on. he's probably – Hang on. Yeah. You haven't got a one of our women's cricketers there. No, I've just gone with I've gone with two I've gone with two males for batting five. Oh, okay, Ronnie. Okay, are you yeah, okay with sorry. that? Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. I hope Paul's okay with that. He might have stopped listening. Um, then, then I've got uh, at six Elise Perry and uh, Stoinis on, on, oh, on the how position. good. So Gee, two, this is a good size. Yeah, love it. And, then, going, I, and then, well. then, then I've gone female, female. So I've gone spin bowling all rounder Jess Jonathan and sp- okay. spin bowling all rounder Sophie Molyneux. Uh, then, then I've gone pure leg spin. I would have liked to have picked 15 leg spinners, but I, I, <laughs> I've restricted myself to, to Adam Zamper on one team, Georgia Wareham on the other. Yeah, good work, yep. And See, then, this is hard to fault. I'm loving your work uh, here at late notice. Oh, uh, I might need to see my doctor for my um, uh, my blood pressure readings, but uh, then I've gone female, female, so I've gone Kimmitz and Carey again, sort of two, two all-rounders there. Uh, then I'm going to pull you up there a little bit. Yeah. On Laura Kamintz. Um, oh no 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 on um, uh, Delissa Kamintz. Oh D- Delissa, okay, yeah, yes, gone... they're going for bowlers, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, because yeah. well, I will probably pull you up on a the same name a bit further down the track, but keep going, okay. So that's <laughs> Delissa Kamintz, okay. So yeah. the, the fast bowler. Yeah, yeah, and Nicola All Carey right. there as well. Nicola Carey, uh, magnificent in the field. Uh, then uh, this right. one here, I've 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 gone with two males again. I've gone Stark, mainly because uh, a oh, comment coming here. A, a comment my nine year old made about how great it must be for Elisa Healy and Mitchell Stark to be married to one another because of all the extra practice they'd get to do in the nets. And so Mitch Stark will open the bowling against his wife. Yeah, he will. And brilliant. You could expect some fireworks there, I reckon. I reckon that'd be a, a, a very, oh, yeah. very interesting contest. And then Patrick Cummins, um, yep. taking the new ball in one of the other side, in the other side. And then um, spots eleven and twelve, I've got Shoot and Ty, and uh, once on yes. one side, and then Vlamnik and Richardson on the other side. Okay, which Richardson? I've just got to confirm that. Oh, now I even confused myself with this. I, I was first, I was thinking KW Richardson, but then I yeah. thought, um, gee, if JA Richardson uh, blows a few games open in the back end of the Big Bash, it might well be JA Richardson. Yeah. So, so it's JA, or you left that open? I, I've Richardson. left that open to interpretation. Paul, I'm giving. Oh, I, so I, see, this is this is so that I can actually get through this segment and actually sit on the fence. I'm saying that's open, and Paul okay. Paul from Dapto can have the casting vote on that one whether he wants JA or oh, KW. All right, now I'll just we'll put. I, I think that's a fantastic effort. I love those sides. Um, did you watch much of the WBBL this year? Yeah. Mate? Now there, I, I I might know where you're you going. You know what's here. coming here, Annabelle you know where Sutherland. I'm going? Oh, there's another one. Sorry. Well, that's, that's for another time. Um, hello, Laura Kamint. Yeah, I know. Big hitting. I know. Blastable. I know. You, you couldn't fit her in? I couldn't. I, I, I wanted Annabelle Sutherland in there as well. Couldn't fit her in. Oh, I think you've got plenty of bowling on that side, Matt. You could, oh. You've got AJ Ty. And you know who else I've two. missed? I've missed, my, you missed? I've missed Rachel Haynes. Oh no! Oh no! Someone, captain. someone stopped. Someone stopped the recording. Oh no! <laughs> Stop the recording! Oh, this is terrible. Oh it, dear! Oh, I think there's some technical <laughs> difficulties here. Oh. Robbie, are you there? Are you there? 
<laughs> oh dear! Uh, I shouldn't have brought that up. No, I, I. Have you have you any thoughts of having Rachel Holmes on the cricket library coming up? <laughs> Rachel, I'm so sorry. I oh. I know I know Rachel would be a regular listener of the program, and she I know she'd be offended. Oh, and oh. can you? Can, can I'm I, not telling her. Can I give I'm you, not telling her she's not on the side. Can I give you a tip here? The mail yeah. bag is going to be absolutely inundated. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh dear. Well, maybe, can I, can maybe I, poor, can I just confirm here? I did actually have Haynes in my initial team here, and when I've transposed them onto another piece of paper. Uh, oh, okay. Who'd you leave out then? Uh, Who would you leave out? You're not going to like who missed out on the first team because... Let's <laughs> cut it there, right? Yeah, Should we, we cut it there? Yeah, yeah, we cut it there. We cut it there. We finished 101R, Bungle Gumby Road, Borough Bedeen. Um, send oh, us, why, don't, a... why don't we ask people to send in their own team via postcard? Yeah, I agree. Send, yep. in your, send in your team. Let us know. Uh, hit us up on social media if that's a bit hard for you. But uh, it's worth a dollar ten. And it's worth keeping Matt, Australia Post in business. Matt, could we suggest Paul from Dapto might be the one that tells Rachel Haynes to get it in? <laughs> <laughs> he started this bloody thing. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, no. here I it's am. been the worst moment in the Cricket Library weekly history, I think. Oh, oh. And I love Dude. Rachel Haynes. That's the, oh, this is so the, do I. This is the, this is well, the major conundrum. Team. Oh, Rachel, you're in my team. Oh, oh. No. oh, oh. dear. We better wrap it up there, mate. Yeah, we, we better wrap it up there. Thank you so much, uh, Robbie, for joining us. Uh, thanks to Paul from DAPTO for ending my career yeah, on the Cricket Library Weekly. It's been a wonderful final episode. <laughs> and uh, very much look forward to your company next week. We'll be talking oh. Big Bash finals, WNCL, all sorts of things. Um, that's. <laughs> that's if, that's if, if I'm not, if I'm not swamped if, with mailbag before then. If anyone's got a resume they want to send in as a co-host, send us, don't send it to Bungle Gumby Road. Just send it to Thirty One River Gum Drive. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. I'm just going to go and hide in a corner somewhere. Thanks very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure oh. as always. Bye for now.